Hello, and welcome back to Age Like Wine, episode three. We made it, boys. Um, and I'm Matthew. I'm Peter. I'm Will. And today we're going to have Peter introduce what we went and watched this over this past week. Peter, do you want to introduce the movie we all viewed? Scooby Dooby Doo 2002. Okay. <laughs> wow. That was, really, <laughs> that was pretty Featured good. Featured on Age Like Wine. <laughs> oh, oh that's my pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty okay. Good. Guys, yeah, this is uh, this is a podcast, not a radio station. Goodness. So yeah, the movie we watched for this week was Scooby Doo, the live action movie. It was made in two thousand two, hence why I said two thousand two. It's based off the long running TV show that was made in nineteen sixty nine, um, called Scooby Doo, Where Are You? It's a cartoon about what was it? It's a four ragtag teens. Named Freddy, Velma, Daphne, and Shaggy, and a dog named Scooby Doo. Named Dumpster and the Shagster. <laughs> and that the cartoon was running for a long time, and the movie was decided to be made. Um, this is the first live action Scooby Doo movie ever made. It was directed by Raja Gosnell, with screenplay by James Gunn. And um, Peter, I gotta ask, since we're aged like wine. How was the movie received at the time? Well, thank you for asking, Matthew. <laughs> You're welcome, man. I'm always a great here. question, actually. <laughs> well, the movie at the time was not reviewed really well. On Rotten Tomatoes, it was <laughs> in the 30%. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> With an average rating of 4.37. Uh, most of the critical reception was pretty low. Other people were rating it like one out of four stars, two out of five stars. It was just not rated. So well four point seven out of ten stars or five stars? Uh, out of ten. Oh, yeah. So the only thing that was the only silver lining in the movie was people saying that. Um, I think his name was Matthew Lillard. Was it Matthew Lillard? That's yeah, right. Matthew the voice Lillard. is Shaggy. Yeah, the um, the actor for Shaggy in the movie who goes on to voice act Shaggy in later installments of Scooby Doo because of his performance in the movie, he was the only thing really praised about the movies or the movie. So, I see, I see. So, <laughs> it um, it may may seem interesting to our viewers why we would choose like this this film that's not been rated very critically. Um, it's kind of just you know. At the time, it, it was kind of a big deal. Scooby-Doo is a huge franchise, and I appreciate Peter for explaining what the show is and, like, the premise, but, like, I would be amazed to hear that somebody doesn't know about Scooby-Doo. Like, it, it feels pretty big, right? What, what are y'all's thoughts on, like, Scooby-Doo? I, I can say for myself that I, I really enjoy, like, scooby-doo as a character as a group because i real and it really got me into mysteries as like a genre um it's kind of tacky especially the original ones but like the group dynamics really fun i'm a fan of scooby-doo and like to know that there's a live action adaptation like that's pretty pretty flipping big you know what i mean 
Um, so yeah, I wanted to ask y'all, what do y'all think about Scooby Doo? William, what what are your thoughts? But you know, honestly, I think Scooby Doo is just a bit overrated. I think the live action wasn't wasn't something you know anyone was really asking for, but it kind of happened. Since uh, I don't know at the time the context of Scooby Doo in the, the current media, but I'm guessing maybe maybe it was popping. I don't know. Maybe Scooby Doo was popping. That finally it took. 60 70 years for like a live action adaptation to come out <laughs> uh, I, was, I was kind of joking i actually loved scooby-doo growing up as a kid uh less so the classic cartoon because that one was very aged but i mean that was always like airing on like boomerang or whatever mm-hmm. iteration of it was definitely like the like the films that came out in like the 90s like scooby-doo cyber chase uh zombie islands those were i, I love those as kids especially uh cyber chase but the What's New Scooby Doo show had the most banger opening song. Oh, no that, kidding. Yeah. yeah. What's New Scooby Doo? We're coming after you. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We have so much singing going. We do. Uh, I'm so excited. We're going to get claimed, dude. Oh, Whatever. man. Oh, yeah. It just sounds too similar to the original. We're just going to get copyright claimed. It does. But I do, I do recommend to our listeners to check out what's new Scooby Doo's theme song. It's it's a certified banger. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I I did watch like a couple episodes of the like the most recent iteration, like Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. Good. I watched like a couple episodes, and I was like, man, this is like an actual like really good like iteration of Scooby Doo, where it's like the whole gang is in like high school or something. Like they're actually in school actually see like each of the characters parents which is kind of weird agreed yeah but yeah yeah, yeah i great. i have not seen those scooby or not scooby shaggy and uh velma are like ex boyfriend girlfriend that is interesting what the heck i didn't know that but the voices the voices for each of the characters are, like so iconic and if i remember correctly actually like matthew willard live uh portrayal actor for shaggy in this movie because of like how good his like shaggy voice was he just like went on to voice shaggy and like everything after this yeah, he did all everything except for the upcoming scoob movie it yeah, has been, been like just just kind of a crime man just, yeah it's, why don't you uh mention something i already said in the beginning by the way <laughs> <laughs> all right uh <laughs> Before it gets too tense in here, um, Peter, I'd like to throw it over to you. What are your thoughts on Scooby-Doo? Are you a fan? Are you a hater? What's up? Overall, Scooby-Doo holds a very special place in my heart. That's cute. It really does. Because I used to watch Scooby-Doo have a Grandma along with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch Scooby-Doo reruns in all the movies, uh, films one through eight, um, with yeah, my sure. grandma when I was younger. And... I just remember watching them. It was very nice. Uh, there's actually this funny story. So there's this one, like, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You episode where there's, like, this jewel thief, and then they hide in the back of the mystery machine. And then okay. He's hiding behind there, right? And, or in the back. And then Shaggy's like, oh, I wonder what's under this cover. And then he sees the guy. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, creepy. So ever since then, when I was, ever since, I was, ever since then, when I was younger, I would always check the trunk of my car when my mom or dad was driving. I was like, I wonder if anyone's in there. 
Scooby-Doo gave me nightmares when I was younger. But that's horrifying. That, uh, <laughs> Honestly, some that, of the monsters are kind of kind of freaking scary, man. You're you're not wrong. I, yeah. I really there was that one one monster that made that really creepy noise. Yeah, yeah, you know what I know exactly what you're talking about. Was it? Yeah, the one with like the glowing eyes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It kept yeah. like blinking a billion times. Oh my god! Wait. The the one that scared me the most. I don't know if y'all ever saw it, and we'll get back to the movie soon. But um, I the one where there's like a T Rex at this dig site. It's like a ghost T Rex, and it comes and it haunts the mystery machine gang, you know. And um, it always terrified me because it always like crawled out of this like small hole that doesn't look like look like it should fit a T Rex, but it like pops out and grows like. 10 times larger it's like what that could be hiding like in my backyard or something and i wouldn't even know it must feel like there was a t-rex in cyber chase dinosaurs was there i i don't think that's the one that i i I don't think that's the one you're talking about but there was one in cyber chase that is interesting i haven't seen the cyber chase one in a while but fair enough (laughs) all right so it's clear we all have a solid opinion of Scooby-Doo. It's a great franchise, great group of friends. We can all relate to having a group of friends. Am I right, guys? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much <laughs> for that. We're but... so lonely. <laughs> so lonely. <laughs> um, but um, we came here to talk about the Scooby-Doo movie from 2002. Uh, like Peter said, it was headed by James Gunn, which is pretty awesome because he's a he's very established now. Um, being the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy really gave him a name. Honestly, but this like, is like new Suicide Squad movie, man. Like I, I think he's just gonna blow it out of the park. I agree. I hundred percent am looking forward to that now. When I never thought I would say that after seeing the first one, but this this was a whole nother. Um, movie and like you can see the like james gunn in this scooby-doo movie i i would argue before we get into details you know um i should say um there will be a few spoilers if you haven't seen this movie we're going to keep it as light as we can but um you have been warned um if if you really don't want to be spoiled don't listen to the rest of this um so i'm going to start with uh (laughs) What do y'all think of this cast of the mystery, Mystery Incorporated? That's like the main draw for these movies, right? What do y'all think? How do they m- match up to the cartoon variants that we love so much? Um, you want to start, Peter? Yeah, sure. Um, one thing I want to say about this movie that I like in concept, but I don't think the movie did so well, was that. I like how the movie took an approach of this happens in the beginning of the movie, so it's not so much of a spoiler. Um, it's like it's a it's a more experienced mystery gang. It's um, and basically what happens is like they they have their own problems, obviously, and they decide to split up in the beginning of the movie. And the main plot of the movie is basically the, them trying to, you know, get back together after separating. And I just I just like the concept that we're seeing like a, you know, grown up kind of mystery gang. Like they've established themselves. Everyone knows them, like to solve mysteries for them. So I like that a lot. I just don't think it was executed very well because 
I don't know. I mean, the, the casting was okay, I, I would say. I think Matthew Lillard as Shaggy was obviously the best part in the movie, as like other critics would say, too. Um, mm. The guy who played Fred, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know what to say about him. Just You can tell that his hair is obviously like dyed like this like strawberry blonde and i don't i don't i don't remember fred being this much of a jock either like yeah they they made fred like in this movie a very very fratty character when like in the cartoon he never seemed that way he seemed to be like this really chill guy who happened to be like a blonde fit dude you know (laughs) but in this it's like gnarly dude (laughs) yeah and then they had I, and I thought, so, there's also Cher, Sarah Michelle Geller, or, or also Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who plays Daphne. I just thought that was kind of weird, too. And then uh, Linda Car- Cardellini, who plays Velma. Like, Velma's supposed to be, like, the nerd, but, I mean, I don't know. I think she's she was way too attractive. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. So, uh, and Scooby-Doo, I, I don't know. I think he was cgi and he looked like Kangaroo Jack, so I don't, I don't, I don't I really don't know what to say. Jack, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to say about freaking Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, um, yeah. That those are my initial thoughts of the movie. So William can talk now. Yeah, what do you think, William? This is the best iteration of Scooby Doo I've ever seen in my entire life. All the live action interpretations, nothing can top this interpretation. Everyone is perfect casting. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. His name is literally Fred, so of course he's definitive <laughs> Fred. Uh, I don't care if his hair is dyed blonde. This man is an impeccable human being. He's also married to Sarah Michelle Gellar in real life before this movie was even uh, released. So that makes it even more wholesome that you know they're at a real married couple playing these two iconic characters. Maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar could have been recast as somebody else, but you know what? It doesn't matter because they're married in real life and maybe the guy doesn't want to cheat on his wife. And that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, you know, I thought Scooby-Doo's CGI, pretty pretty good. I mean, it's obviously like dated, but you know what? 2002, I've seen, I've seen much worse. Like, what, what was that in 2002? Like, I don't know, the first... I don't know, Bionicles? <laughs> Bionicles movie, exactly. <laughs> a movie entirely of CGI. Uh, Transformers. Uh, actually, no. No, you actually make a good point. In 2002, like, I mean, CGI obviously existed, and there was, like, decent CGI going around, but, like, there there was stuff like <laughs> iRobot and stuff around the time, and, like, this, this movie, this movie's fine. For having a character that is totally CGI, it's... Ad- it's it's Scooby Doo. You can tell it's Scooby Doo. And to be honest, he doesn't look like a dog. No, he like doesn't at all. No, I I can so... agree with that. Wait, did Kangaroo Jack come out in two thousand two? Because uh, I think that explain a lot. And four that, maybe. Two thousand. Yeah, it's probably a bit later on in the timeline. But two thousand um, two thousand three. <laughs> Kangaroo Jack came out two thousand three. <laughs> Man, that that movie is something else. Jeez. Um. But yes, okay, let's get back on the topic a little bit. So right William, back on the topic. William's saying that um, the casting for this movie is equivalent to Marvel's casting of their films. Where it didn't have been any better. You know what I mean? Like this, like just as Robert Downey Jr. is the definitive Iron Man, Freddie Prince Jr. is the definitive Freddie. All right, that's my that's my take. That's my hot take. I I'm honestly <laughs> I, I know we're laughing a lot, but I kind of don't disagree because there have been other live action versions of these characters, 
And I can't get fully invested into these characters when they aren't the cast that we're seeing in this film, which is weird because as we'll go on, this movie's a bit strange and has its flaws, but the casting itself, pretty pretty baller. I'm I'm down with it. I get down with it. Isn't there only two friends in this universe for live action Scooby-Doo? Exactly, and I'm saying this is the one. I Number still, I still can't call it freaking definitive. If that's, I, that's, that's the definition of definitive. I would rather Even call the voice definitive. actor for Freddy definitive. You know, that's that's fair. He is definitive. You're right. That I'm guy's just saying, guys. When the script tells you to say yo yo, the B something was like what? <laughs> I was like later on, and he says yo, what up, dog? I don't think there's a better actor that could have said that, guys. Just saying. I. I would agree, but I think I could do it better. Yo, what up? There's literally a scene where Fred says uh, to Velma, he was like, the dorky chicks like you turn me on too. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's an actual line. That, that's actually a great segue into this next uh, point I want to talk about before we get into the story. Is um, So Scooby-Doo, let me, let me like lead us into this a bit. So Scooby-Doo is generally a, like, children's franchise, right? You got kids merchandising. It's a kid's show. It's on Cartoon Network, on Boomerang, all this stuff. Um, <laughs> what makes me interested about this film is it's, it's very adult in its humor. And some of its uh, displays, I guess. Do you think that that makes sense? Because I do not, and I was confused watching it because I was like, I was four at the time of this movie. Um, I would have liked to see a Scooby Doo live action film. Um, I shouldn't watch this at four. I shouldn't watch this until I'm like thirteen. Uh, what do, What do y'all think about the the um, more adult um, themes of this film, Peter? What do you, What do you think? What are your thoughts? Love it. You love it, William? Love it. Definitive. I'm breaking. Uh, when, when me and William were talking about the movie, William said that um, James Gunn, who wrote the screenplay, uh, William told me that James Gunn originally wanted the movie to be rated R. Um, wow. But they took out a lot of those rated R scenes, obviously. Um, so obviously they left in some of the jokes. Um, I don't think the jokes have really aged well in today's political climate, but um, for instance, like what joke? Um, I mean, there's like the fact that Fred <laughs> likes to uh, hit on girls a lot. I think that's one of them. In a in a less than appropriate way. I yeah, in a less than it... appropriate way. Um, there's also scene. There's a lot of scenes where uh, where it, with Daphne, for example, when she was on a plane, the guy next to her was just like looking at her cleavage. Going humna humna humna. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of scenes like those that I don't think would roll in today's, um, are just not as appropriate. I I I wouldn't say they're appropriate ever, but they definitely wouldn't <laughs> roll today if they made a Scooby Doo movie similar to this. Like that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm just saying that one singer guy that was singing at Daphne with like his very like. Smash Mouth haircut with the guy oh, Fury haircut. The I think frosted, that needs to be frosted back. tips. Yeah, yeah. Frosted <laughs> tips. You need to bring back frosted tips. That's what I the think... film. There's so much frosted tip. This movie feels like it's a time capsule with some of the haircuts, some of the styles. 
Yeah. So just the entire style of the movie is just very like that generation kind. It's it's very... hilarious. I I highly recommend people watch just for that, just to see the outfits and some of the slang, like yo diggity dow. <laughs> like What up, man? What up, man? Like it's very interesting. It's definitely like a sign of the times. And James Gunn was probably like coming out of college around then, so he was he was fresh with it, you know? He was hip and happening. So this was like an homage to that. That's, you know, you look at <laughs> Back to the Future for 80s. You look to... Um, <laughs> Don't see it. <laughs> you look to like The Breakfast Club for the 80s, stuff like that. And then you look to Scooby-Doo 2002 for the early 2000s. Wait, what do you think he was going to say besides Back to the Future the 80s? No, I, I was. I already knew he's gonna say Scooby Doo is like the definitive movie, two thousands. <laughs> no, like, no, it's it's genuinely like an interesting time capsule into what that um era of film and like pop culture looked like, as far I mean, as that goes. Yeah, you're not wrong because I think Shrek was released in the early two thousands too. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, you know, generational definitive film as well. <laughs> Everything defining. Yeah. Everything this movie just def- defines everything, apparently. This, <laughs> this movie the- really makes you feel like you're in the Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> if, if you open up a dictionary, it's just going to start playing the Scooby-Doo movie. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get back on the topic a little bit. History so, books open up. It shows the time period of 2002. It just has a picture of the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> it shows Scooby-Doo with, uh, with frosted tips. Frosted tips, and then he has a bunch of ketchup on his tongue. <laughs> Rup, bro. All right. So, so we've we've gotten opinions on what we think about the the adult jokes. Um, phenomenal. I phenomenal, obviously, obviously, no question about that. I want to talk um, as best we can without spoilers. We'll have a little spoilers in here. Um, so, spoiler warning for people who have been tempted into watching this now that we've talked about this stuff. Um, I want to talk about the story a bit. So, this story, much like uh, other Scooby-Doo films, um, they're they're solving a mystery. But the mystery gang is, like, only just now coming back together, right? And because they were fighting, like Peter was talking about. And they all get invited to this island, and there's What's something... Mean? <laughs> an island run by Mr. Bean, uh, Rowan Atkinson. Is that right? I don't know. Um, I think that's the actor. He's phenomenal actor, really funny. Um, but yes, it's owned by Mr. Owned and operated by Mr. Bean, which is an interesting. He's he's one of the more serious characters, which is really interesting considering he's Mr. Bean. But I digress. They all get invited to this island, and things go kind of loopy. So <laughs> I want to, um, what do you think about this setup? Like, would this work if it was a cartoon Scooby-Doo? Does it feel like a Scooby-Doo movie? Like, I'm, I'm going to say my part first, and then we can go to you, Peter. But I think it's really interesting um, that this feels like it would definitely be a Scooby-Doo movie. You know, they get the call to action, like a, a prospector asks for them to come see the mine or whatever, you know? And this is, and they've been to amusement parks and stuff before. So it felt very on point for 
do. So I was down with like the start of the movie. I'm like, I'm digging this. This is making sense. This is Scooby-Doo. What, what do you think about that part? The introduction to like the mystery. Well, uh, I mean, like, like I said earlier, I actually really like the concept that they had because it's kind of that idea where like, you know, at this point, everyone's kind of, or a lot of people know what Scooby-Doo is. So it's just about making the movie, right? So like the fact that they have an older cast, like a more experienced mystery gang, I really like that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also really like the concept of that. Yeah, they split up because of like certain, you know, um, like problems that they had within the group. I felt like that was pretty realistic too, um, especially like because in the cartoon, like sometimes you watch and you're like, oh, why is Fred getting all the credits? Like, oh, why is Daphne always getting? Why is she always a damsel in distress? Or why is Velvet never getting credit? You know, like you that's know, it's true. Stuff, yeah, it's stuff you always ask. Well, sometimes you would ask in the cartoon. So I thought that was a really, it was a really good concept. But I just don't think the movie executed it that well, um, in my opinion, personally. I just I think one they took a little too long to not only resolve the issue, but I also feel that I don't know. I like when they came to a uh, compromise slash like um, what's the word um, conclusion? No, no. What's the word that you say after you have a falling out? It's like when you go come back together um a resolution yeah after they come to a resolution and you know they become a group again spoilers i mean that's what the movie's about i mean no right after that i i, I kind of felt like to myself now that i'm like I'm, I'm older and watching it i was like did they really solve all their problems yeah like, they really <laughs> didn't do anything to address or solve the, like the issues that they had but they're still coming together as a group so um, yeah i you're not wrong i i actually agree i think there's uh, like there's still definitely underlying um up- upset feelings and stuff. Like people are still mad at each other, but it's but the gang's back together. Yeah, I, so it, I like I like the movie in concept, but I just don't think it was executed well personally. Sure, sure, that's fair. Um, what do you think, William? I see that you're muted there. Um, what do you think about like the opening and our introduction to this mystery that Mr. Bean has put out for us, that there are kids coming back, like, mad from their spring break. Mm. To be honest, the opening of the movie did not do much for me in terms of... Uh, I, I definitely think the beginning of the movie was, like, very cheesy, where I was like, man, I know I have to watch this. <laughs> Man, this this beginning part is like really hard, but I I was surprised because it genuinely got like a lot better later on, and uh, I feel like the cheesiness slash campiness of the film really did make it seem like definitive Scooby Doo experience. You know, it's like like this live action cast were given a script that felt very Scooby Doo ish, but also kind of I don't know like the undertones in the movie like kind of like American Pie like esque well uh i thought additionally the like the set design was something that i was like genuinely impressed by like i was like shocked because like all of the sets like you could tell it was like sets they actually made and it wasn't just completely mm-hmm. cgi like it didn't look fake right but, i agree like the plot itself was like all right but like it seemed very like 
Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something like overly complicated. It's not, it's like, okay, here, there's a mystery. There's a thing that they have to resolve. They have to figure out who's causing this mess. And yeah, I mean, maybe it could have been, I don't know, maybe there could have been any more layers to it, you know, in terms of main villain, in terms of, uh, I exactly, you know, everything was happening because they didn't. I don't think they like super like. There weren't really twists or anything. There weren't like complex. Been like that many like, I guess like, specific explanations for stuff like maybe like where the, where the main monsters came from in the movie or like how. (laughs) Yeah. That was never really explained. Like who was the voodoo guy in the end? Like what was the purpose of him in the film? What was the purpose of the luchador guy? Like stuff like that. But like then like I look at the context, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be a kid's movie with these, you know, absolutely amazing undertones that just really like enhance the experience, you know? Like Yeah. Citizen Kane of um live action Scooby Doo movies. Like this is probably like considered like the godfather of Scooby Doo media. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just defining, is, you know, I'm saying definitive, defining dictionary meaning. I'm gonna burn myself on that take. It's so hot, like unbelievable. Wow, I'm I'm flabbergasted. I didn't even know that was a word, but I just used it. Uh, <laughs> but you know that you you bring me to another interesting question. Do you think that um, Scooby Doo? This this is getting more into spoilers. So if you uh, want to skip ahead a bit, spoiler warning. Um, do y'all think that magic has a place in Scooby Doo? Because there's a lot, at least in like a lot of the original co- cartoons and stuff, it was always like solvable. You know, it's also always a mystery that could be solved. Headed back to something like, oh no, he jerry rigged. Uh, a crane that like makes a roaring noise. Um, that's why the mountain would shake and stuff like that. But this I, is I really straight up magic. Yeah, like magic. I think it's just kind of maybe for like the purpose of the film, right? It's like so there's only so many like practical effects you can do, especially in terms of like mind control or something like i felt like it was kind of like fitting especially with like the context of cgi being implemented that like maybe it's not as convincing that all these characters would be fooled like a simple mystery if it was like all practical effects right like if it just looked like a guy in a suit you know then like like because like these guys like they're experienced right and like we I feel like maybe for like the context of the film for like the audience, because like the the Mystery Incorporated gang is like already experienced, they've been doing this for like a long time. If it was something like they expected, then like the re- like the resolution of the film wouldn't be as strong, you know? Like in order for this like journey, this experience for the audience to witness matter, you know, you have the context of these guys are all experienced, they kind of know what they're doing. You have it be, you know, just like a guy in a suit, or like a guy with a mask. That would be, you know, not as great of like a reveal in case there are twists. But in this case, having a whole new element like magic, where everything is kind of unpredictable. They're really trying their best to solve the mystery. I felt, I, I don't know. I felt like that was good for the context of the film. Personally, 
I I think that's interesting. I think that's that's a nice take to have that like it it's not there because um James Gunn is saying like forget not having magic, we need it, but like it actually enhances the mood and makes sense in universe. And I mean it does. Yeah, I mean obviously like... it's a little goofy in its implementation and and some of the some of the monster chases and stuff are very reminiscent of old Scooby Doo. But just look tacky in this new media, you know? But I think that's interesting. You had something to say, sorry, I cut you off. I feel like honestly it fits with like the universe of Scooby Doo to have like magic. Like it doesn't seem so outlandish just because of the fact that they've had John Cena in the same universe. They've had <laughs> John Cena is magic, you're right. Exactly. It's like like they have they've already like delved into the world of fiction, you know? Fair These enough. Mystical characters. Like, if you have Batman, 100%, you're going to have Superman, you're going to have Dr. Fate, you know, a literal just, magic dude. Can, can I just say, I find it interesting that you're trying to uh, explain why there's magic in Scooby Doo, and you, your first character is John Cena as proof of <laughs> magic in Scooby Doo. And I mean, John Cena can turn invisible at will. Yeah, he's got the invisibility cloak. That's true. You're like, I see the movement where he puts up his hand to his face, but as soon as it does, like he disappears. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I have seen that. It's... That man is a literal god. <laughs> he, he he's on another level. Okay, what do you what do you think, Peter, uh, of this magic? If you have an opinion, uh, personally, I don't really mind. Scooby Doo is always about, at least for the movies, right? It's like. I mean, there's a zombie island movie. There's an and alien there's ba- movie. Vampires, yeah, that's true. There's a cyber chase movie. I mean, like they literally go inside, like the internet, you know. Right. There's a chupacabra movie. Like honestly, it's not that surprising that they would use magic as an element in this movie. So I'm not that surprised, and I like it as a concept. It's not too mm-hmm. far fetched in my opinion. So. Fair enough. All right, I have one more thing I want to talk about um, with this movie. Obviously, we all have like we we like we have this sort of it. It seems like we have this feeling of like we enjoy the movie for what it is. It's pretty goofy though. But the one thing that I think will stick out to anybody who watches or has seen this movie is ultimately um, the villain. <laughs> That's a really important topic when you're talking about this movie. Um, so this is obviously heavy spoilers. Um, what do y'all think of the villain <laughs> reveal at the end of the movie? Um, Peter Let, me Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Spoilers. The villain. Is... <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> the villain is Scrappy Doo and. Honestly, Scrappy Doo has a very good motive in this movie. Like, <laughs> honestly, I mean, he does. Do you want to explain why? Um, kind of, like, <laughs> to a degree. So essentially, you know, Mr. Gang has been a crew for a while. They have Scrappy Doo in their gang, right? And I think Scrappy Doo got into argument with Fred or just the whole gang about uh, whether a ghost exists or not, which I think is kind of weird in this context. But since there's magic in this freaking film, but um and scrappy's like oh yeah ghosts exist like i'll fight them myself and then he proceeds to urinate on daphne's dress <laughs> and while they are driving they decide to kick him out and they literally ditch him in the middle of the desert 
<laughs> it's, it's a cinematic masterpiece of a scene. It's, like, it's, honestly, this has to be, like, top 10 villain motivation. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's up there with, like, Thanos, Darth Vader. <laughs> like, it's up there for that. Like, honestly, you, I'll give the movie that. Like, <laughs> like honestly, so it ditched me in the desert. I would want revenge, too, if I'm being honest. I'd be lucky to survive. I don't know how this... Literally, Scrappy Doo survived, and he took over a whole island by himself. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Not wrong. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Is is his? I know he got like abandoned in the desert and stuff for being just a an awful person or awful character. But I mean, they gave him food and stuff, and he was kind of asking for it. To be honest, I don't know. Yeah, he, I know he did pee on the dress. That is fair. He was but definitely he, asking to be abandoned in the middle of. A <laughs> Yeah, that might be a bit too far. He's not as helpless as you think, man. He's actually a obviously. dog. Well, obviously. He built that robot. Not that it matters. Um, I think but, we're... I know I know we're focusing on Scrappy-Doo, but I feel like we need to put focus on the actual main character with the last name Doo. Melvin Doo was honestly a phenomenal character in this movie. I don't know if you guys remember him. Uh, could, could you um, jog my memory a bit? So there was at one point, uh, there's like a guy who call, like, gets a phone call and he says, uh, I'm looking for a Mr. Do. And then the guy's like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Melvin. Uh, okay. No, sorry, no Melvin Do. Uh, uh, Mr. Scooby Do. No, there there are a lot of jokes like that. And honestly, they come like just little throwaway jokes. They're very like Guardians of the Galaxy-ish and I, I actually like them. I really enjoyed um, it. And then like the fact that like it wasn't like a one throwaway joke like when Scooby-Doo is about to uh, towards like the end of the film when Scooby is getting chased by the villain guy, uh, the main villain Scrappy-Doo asks, where are you Scooby-Doo? And he's and then Scooby I think says like you mean Melvin-Doo and he points to like the, the possessed oh. Melvin-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> like just use him as like, a shield or something. Yeah, <laughs> great. It's great. There are some great jokes. So right. I think Scrappy Doo is one of the top tier villains of any universe. I I definitely do think he's a. <laughs> You're coming fun. out with the hottest of takes this episode. I'm very know. passionate about the Scooby Doo franchise. I you have, are. Every poster, every movie on VHS. Uh, I have it in the original recording, original broadcast audio. All that type Trappy of stuff. Trappy dude tattooed to your back. Yeah. The four by three ratio of each of the, the movies. Oh, it's amazing. Wow. Um, so with that, I'd like to get we're we're kind of um ending. We're we're getting to about time where we need to end. And I want to see what y'all are gonna rate it. Um I'm really interested. And if you want, I can start. Um Oh, thank you. Um, so I'm gonna rate this movie a six. Um, not six point three. <laughs> not six point three because I got uh, I got backlash for putting a point three in the last episode. What is Parasite? Staying away, staying away, <laughs> staying away from decimals right now. Math scares me now, but I give it a six because I think it is above average entertainment. Like, I think it's worth watching. Is it the greatest movie? No. Is it the greatest Scooby-Doo movie? No. I think you need to watch um, Zombie Island. I know that's kind of thrown around a lot, but it is a really good movie. Um, or the second... 
or Monsters Unleashed. Scooby Doo Monsters Unleashed is also good. But I'm gonna give it a six, and um, I'm gonna pass the torch to one of y'all who wants to take over. All right, I'm gonna just gonna drop some bars here, man. Ready? Uh, uh yeah. All right, so out of one hundred, I give this movie a three point forty six. Wow, that is so low. Oh, what even is <laughs> Wait, out of 100, you get 3.4679 because it should have been rated R. And I think if it was rated R, I, this movie would have been 10 out of 10 for sure. Sets, actually. All of the setup, the outlines for this movie to be great if the studio just allowed this to be rated R. So it gets three percent because it's hard. Please waste the Okay, you're okay. Praising, you're praising the movie this whole time, calling it a movie, dude, and then you're like, you give it a literally a point three out of ten. I never said like how much. Like I might have said this is definitive, but uh, it could have really been more definitive. I'm gonna be quite honest. This is, I'm, this is all right. I'm I mean, gonna lose great. sleep on this. Okay. Pretty good. Okay, uh, oh, 3.46 is fair. Okay, okay, Peter, do you want to give us your rating? Give it less than a one out of ten. <laughs> oh my goodness, okay, it's not even half of one. <laughs> Go ahead, Peter, what is your uh, 3.46 out of ten? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Peter? Okay, uh, me, I would give it a aged like Scooby Boo rating, as in the movie is a big fat boo. Oh my goodness! Wow. Uh, if I could give awesome. it on a number scale out of ten, I'd probably give it around like a four point five to a five point five, around that range. I'm leaning more towards like a four point five, to be honest. Uh, I don't think the movie was very good. I don't think it aged that well either. Uh, but mainly because I feel like the premise is pretty good. Like I said, like I was saying this whole podcast, but execution was bad. I don't think a lot of the um, how they resolved a lot of the plot points were good, and I also don't think um, I, I also the thing the thing about the movie that I had a problem with was like it seemed like it wanted to be self aware but it wasn't self aware, so that kind of like threw me off as I was watching the whole movie. That's yeah, that, that's fair. I really couldn't get the mood for the movie because I felt like it wanted to be semi serious, but then the acting and the script were kind of the opposite of that, so it wasn't in that direction. So. Fair enough. That's so, funny. it seems that we um, would say it didn't age super well. The movie, um, you're still <laughs> awful. Apparently, apparently it's like the- <laughs> apparently it's awful now. Even though yeah. they had more of the voodoo guy. <laughs> you can we can just throw out all of what William said. I'm sorry we wasted your time with him. Um, <laughs> the time the okay. voodoo guy was on on screen, he genuinely made me laugh. But there was like not enough of him. The voodoo guy was really funny. <laughs> the voodoo guy was funny. He was pretty hilarious. All right. The voodoo guy says something very inappropriate, too. But you'll need to watch to find out what that is okay, okay. because we are not getting claimed. Um, but yeah, um, I want to finish this off by saying um, if you enjoy what we're doing, if you want to keep listening, please go ahead and follow on whatever the website or whatever you're using, Spotify. Um, and also follow us on Twitter. We have our own Twitter now. How crazy is that, guys? Um, it's crazy. at it's at ALW underscore podcast. That's 
at alw underscore podcast uh just to Look. clarify it is age like wine not the lucha libre one so. oh there yeah we we're sharing uh <laughs> there's another alw podcast called american lucha wrestling podcast or something and i think that's phenomenal maybe we'll do a crossover someday but for now um for now we're using that twitter to announce when our episodes are going live as well as um i think we're gonna work on getting a um a schedule up there so that our listeners can watch along at home so they can form their opinions and listen to ours and disagree or agree what do y'all think? Y'all, y'all think that'd be fun? Haha. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, on that note, next movie is going to be Matt's favorite movie of all time, Parasite. Okay. We're not, we're, for the record, we're not doing Parasite. We actually have not decided on the next movie. I haven't. Thank you guys so much for listening. You just listened to another episode of Age Like Wines podcast. Stay tuned for next episode where we are going to review something. Catch you next time, guys. Indeed. Bye. Bye. Ciao, ciao.